Thank you, Claire. Uh, well, if we've not met, hello. Uh, my name is Josh. I am a member of this church, and Monday to Friday, I spend a lot of my time uh, working in and around Parliament, uh, particularly on issues to do with refugees. So when the opportunity came to preach and reflect on what the uh, word might be talking to us today uh, uh, around this politically charged incident of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, I jumped at the opportunity. Uh, so before we get into the passage, uh, let us pray. Oh God, may you take the words of this sinner and use them to your glory. May you be drawing us into your story of resurrection and freedom and teaching us how to witness to that in our day-to-day -day lives. Amen. Imagine what it would have been like to celebrate a festival of national liberation, of freedom, under imperial occupation. What would that do to you? You, the first century Jew, tra traveling to Jerusalem, your capital, the symbol of the Lord's presence with you, you are going there to remember that mighty act of deliverance, where God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, where he showed his mastery over the gods of Egypt, the elements, even death. And yet, as you walk, you are aware, more so than you usually are, of the presence of Roman soldiers. There are more of them as you approach the capital. In fact, the governor Pilate, who is usually in Caesarea, has brought a garrison to Jerusalem for the festival, your festival, Passover. How do you relate to that story of the exodus of Passover when reality seems to laugh at it? How can you hear God when the drone of empire is so total and so loud? In this world, in the 21st century, where the fragility of our planet, our politics, and life itself gets to be seen so clearly, where even the bits that appear to be working operate on such a different logic to that of Easter, we face a similar choice. As we enter Holy Week, we recognize the ways in which the stories we live in jar with this seemingly fragile story that we remember this week. Indeed, as Jesus followers, we live in the constant tension of seeking to live out the truth of resurrection in a world so full of death. We find ourselves with the first century Jews asking, how do we navigate the tension between our faith's promise of liberation with the realities of this world? One option is to distance oneself from the freedom story. It simply becomes too painful to sit in the tension between the world as it is and the world as it should be. Indeed, what the world could be, as Passover tells us, so you adopt a posture of irony. Yes, you go to church because it's a nice thing to do, but you don't really believe it will change anything. It's almost as if to say, well, maybe the real resurrection was the friends we made along the way. Like the, re like the high priest, we collude and compromise and accept the world story as the true story and view the freedom story as simple escapism. We hear it in the Pharisees' plea, teacher, rebuke your disciples as if to say, hope is a dangerous thing. Please reign on their parade. And yet the response from Jesus is, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Jesus does not give us the option of using this story as escapism, as entertainment, 
as nostalgia. I wonder, is that you this morning? Spend a moment considering how might your life be different if you lived like this freedom story is true. If not irony, then what? Perhaps, perhaps the option is insurgency. Perhaps we hear that promise of liberation and say, well, it is us to take. We might respond to the tension by seeking to resolve it with violence. Consider the character of Barabbas, who we will encounter later this week. He and others like him were the reason why there were so many soldiers in Jerusalem at this time of year. We know from contemporary writers like the historian Josephus that Jerusalem was particularly susceptible to revolts around this time. Why? Because groups like the Zealots understood that God's promised lordship had implications, that if this story was true, then the whole of society, then politics, should look different. So, they said, our job is to force that story on the world, to defeat the world's story. The problem with this approach is that it puts humanity at the center of the story and therefore says that force and motor is the motor, force and violence are the motor of history. It says that violence is no, vengeance is no longer the Lord's. Weakness is something to be defeated. Death is to be avoided. If we go in that direction, we often find that our stories of liberation end up as just another story of empire. Talk of revolution might feel good, but it is so often seeking to do something that should only and can only be achieved by Jesus Christ. We join Christians around the world this week in reading Philippians 2. It is a hymn of the early church that Paul quotes, which when describing what Jesus did in this life, particularly in this week, in this holy week, they can only but reach to political language. In the first century, to consider yourself equal with God, Isa Theo was to consider yourself uh, ready to kind of to, gunning for Caesar, running for election as Caesar, to consider it something to be grasped or used to your own advantage. Harpagmon was the language used when you would run, where you would amass your own power. And yet this week of all weeks, we remember that we follow the one who is equal with God and chose to use it for our advantage. The only way that the early Christians could describe Christ's victory is to say, it's politics, but not as we know it. Stanley Hauerwas puts it like this, Jesus' work is political, but the kingdom politics he represents is one that comes through the transformation of the world's understanding of how to achieve good results. Jesus refuses to use the violence of the world to achieve peace. But that does not mean he is any less political or that he is not about the securing of peace. So on Palm Sunday, what does this new politics look like? What are the themes in the story that we might listen out for in our day-to-day -day lives? Well, first and foremost, it is about Jesus. He initiates, he leads, he acts. The job of his followers, our job, is simply to stay close to him and tell of all that we have seen him do. It is his story, not ours. Secondly, we see that the way Jesus operates is sensitive to context, what we might call incarnational. Pilate has already entered the city from Caesarea in the west with his garrison. Insurrectionists and revolutionaries are plotting in the city, and in response, Jesus arranges it so he enters the city from the east. 
purposefully fulfilling specific messianic prophecies found in the Old Testament, but then doesn't lead a revolt. He is clear what he is communicating. He acts as if to be understood, but subverts expectations. And finally, it is a story of sacrifice. As we follow Christ, we note that to enter the city is to approach the cross. The victory is not achieved by avoiding weakness, but entering into the weakness, the self-emptying and even the death that the rest of the world seems to be organized around avoiding. This is a different kind of politics. It tells a different story about power. So to be a Christian is to be political, but to inhabit a different kind of politics than the one that either Pharisees or Barabbas would, would have us inhabit. The question then is how do we act? What does it mean to seek justice while not considering equality with God something to be grasped? The question in, in my own Christian walk has been a profoundly important one. Growing up, I was always deeply motivated by seeking to understand what it is to change the world. And over the last couple of years, I've come to understand that core, a core part of that search, a core part of that motivation, was actually seeking to un- a desire to understand the how, even perhaps more so than seeking to change the world itself. I wanted to know how it worked. I wanted a formula. I think this comes out of a sense of control, wanting a desire to feel safe, or wanting to say that I know how the world works. I've got it under control. And as I came to recognize this unhealthy need in myself, I've also come to understand more deeply that there is no blueprint, no precise program that as I roam around Westminster, I can implement in exactly the same way as Freywood as a university chaplain, or you do as a parent, or a taxi driver, or a teaching assistant, or a musician, or a charity worker, or a doctor, or a DJ, or a student. Indeed, the call is to what researchers at Vocation in the Common Good would call improvisations in love. Our first task as those seeking to witness to Jesus in all we do is to get close to him, to intimately inhabit his story, to learn the chords, scales, and rhythms of Jesus so that in whatever context we find ourselves in, we can draw on those resources and improvise to his glory. It is only through entering into the disciplines and liturgies of Christian living that we can recognize the quiet music of the Spirit amidst the cacophony of empire, capitalism, despair, and violence, and so join in with his song. So if we want to change the world, our first task is to inhabit the whole story of Christ, to follow him to the cross, not just to show up next Sunday to celebrate the resurrection without fully having known the vulnerability and pain of the passion, the terror of the crucifixion, and the dull despair of Easter Saturday. We have the whole story, so let's embrace it. Knowing the end, we can confront the tension in the middle, and with the Spirit's help, improvise. As a church, one of the best improvisations in love that we have been called to is the practice of community organising. As a member of Citizens UK, we work with 20 other institutions in the borough and over 300 other institutions across the country. Broad-based community organising builds relationships across different communities to seek justice on issues of common concern. It allows us to live out the themes that we have outlined. First and foremost, to step into the public square with our motivations being solely about Jesus. It's the fact that community organizing is relational allows us to bring our whole selves into the public, to be honest about why we're doing it. Furthermore, it's broad-based, which means we work with people of different faith, faiths and none, 
and in seeking justice with them, we recognize their value to God, and through encountering difference, understand ourselves and our Christian vocation better and more truly. Secondly, it is incarnational. The focus on listening and one-to-one -one conversations allow us to respond to the lived experience of those around us, and crucially, to what the Spirit is and might be doing in our midst. And finally, it isn't revolutionary. It allows us to recognize that the ministry of restoration is primarily the work of God the Son, accomplished on the cross, evidenced at the resurrection, and to be fulfilled at the second coming. Our job is not to build the kingdom of God, but to wait for it, to witness in small, imperfect ways to that peaceable kingdom that Zoe spoke of last week. So this Holy Week, may we be drawn into the story of Christ so that we might recognize the ways in which he is working to redeem our homes, schools, universities, and workplaces. May we go out this Monday, Easter Monday, and all Mondays after, confident in proclaiming the difference that God makes to a world concerned with self-preservation. And may we join together to organize for the flourishing of this place as we wait for God's kingdom here in Hackney as in heaven. Let's pray, and then Sarah, Lorraine, and Claire will tell us how we can join in that work in the coming months. Lord God, thank you that you invite us into a better story. We are sorry for the times where we are distracted from it, where we believe the world's lies. May you be growing us to be a community that encourages each other and frees each other to live in that true story of your love, of your freedom. May we learn the rhythms, may we hear the Spirit, and may we join in in his improvising work of grace. Amen. Hi, everyone. Um, so as Josh said, 